blessing. Amen. I'm so thankful God's good to us all, isn't he? We all got something to be thankful for this morning. Genesis chapter number three. Time my message, God's grace. God's grace. Let's ask the Lord to help us now. Father, we are we're blessed to be able to be here this morning. And Lord, we are thankful for all you do for us. Lord, as we talk about your grace today, we'd all be in hell right now if it wasn't for your grace. And we thank you for it. Lord, we're, we pray you bless and speak to us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here in the beginning of God's word, we find the creation of everything. Isn't it amazing what God's able to do? You know, when I think of the creation of, of, of everything that God has uh, he's made, I think about sometimes, you know, when we uh, look out the windows and we drive down the roads of, in the highways of America and we see uh, what God has done and uh, we think of creation. And, and again, uh, I, don't think, I don't think I have to tell you this, but I believe that in the beginning God created everything. Uh, I don't believe it was a big explosion somewhere. Uh, I don't think that it evolved. I believe God created it. But one of the parts of, of creation that just, just baffles my mind is the creation of man. And I, I enjoy the, the beauty of the mountains, of the trees, and the, the birds, and, and uh, I don't know if there's any deer in America anymore. I haven't seen those lately. But uh, uh, when, I, when I look around, I, 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 uh, I see all the beauty of, of God's creation. And, uh, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by it. But I am more impressed with this, how that God made man. And the Bible tells us that in verse number 7 of chapter 2, just turn back there for a moment with me. Look what it says about man, what God did. That he didn't do about all these other things. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Here it is. And he became a living soul. Do you get the importance of that? He didn't do this with the animals. They're not living souls. You know, people saying, well, my puppy's gone to heaven. No, your puppy didn't go to heaven. No, no, your kitty definitely didn't go to heaven. Sorry. But God did something with human beings, with man. He breathed into them. They became a living soul. I know some of you right now, I'm on your bad side because I said about puppies and kitties. But, you know, it's about time we start believing the Bible. Amen. But God created man. In his own image, he became a living soul. But then something tragic happened. Man fell. Oh, I don't mean he fell down. He fell there from that without sin, and it sinned. You know, I think sometimes we're just, we, we kind of take the attitude, you know, sin's no big deal. It was a pretty big deal. Because when Adam and Eve sinned, it was the fall of man that, that plunged the whole human race into sin and the Bible says because of sin, there's death. Adam and Eve, there had been nobody. They, it was just them that God made, and they had not died. They didn't know what death was all about. But God warned them about it, didn't he? He said, don't eat of this or you'll surely die. They didn't understand all about death, but 
we must understand that this was a tragic thing that happened. And I believe not only that the tragedy of sin, but I believe also that Adam and Eve were, uh, I guess we could say it this way, they, had, they were helpless in their ability to get back into the right relationship with the Lord. They were helpless. Adam and Eve could not make it better with God by anything they could do. They tried. It went and made them, they went and made them some aprons of fig leaves. They're trying to cover up their nakedness, but God saw that that would not work. But they, they were helpless in getting back. It's about, as, about the same thing with people thinking they could be good enough to go to heaven. Well, if I just turn over a new leaf, well, somebody else tried some leaves one day and it didn't work. Well, if I just, you know, if I just do enough good, then I'll, I'll be all right. That was not what was going to happen. Adam and Eve could have never eaten any more of that fruit of that tree. I don't believe they did. But if, they had, if that tr- still had the opportunity, they would have never eaten any of that tree. They still wouldn't have been okay. They broke God's law. But there's something wonderful that goes along with the tragedy. And that's this, that God made it his business to seek fallen man. To seek fallen man. And God made it his business to establish a relationship with Adam and Eve after they had sinned. Now understand, God never sinned. Jesus Christ never sinned. Adam and Eve had never sinned up to this point. And now sin came into the picture. It was not God. It was Adam and Eve who had sinned. But yet we find that God wanted to have that relationship restored with him. Amazing thing. I guess we can kind of call this God's grace in the fall. God's grace in the fall. I think it's interesting what what happened here in chapter number three. We read there in verse number eight, after Adam and Eve had 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 eaten of this fruit, they've sown some fig leaves together. And look at verse number eight says, and they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. I preached not too long ago from this portion of scripture here about that voice. And and they were walking with that voice. But here's the thing. Think about this here. Adam and Eve had sinned. They tried to cover it up. But I think they knew deep down inside it was not enough. Because they hid themselves from God. And yet God comes there and he calls for them. He came to them. Man had transgressed the commandment of God, and yet it was not Adam and Eve going looking for God. It was God who came to them. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what grace is all about, that God comes to us. Now Adam and Eve have what I call a great gulf fixed between them. Something had to be done, but they had broken the relationship. They had sinned. They did exactly what God said not to do. I think it's rather interesting that Eve even got put a little bit extra in what God said. If you back up there to verse number, uh, verse number 17 of chapter 2. 
he said, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. <coughs> but then when Eve was talking to the devil, notice verse number, chapter number three, and verse number three, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Did God say don't touch it? Eve threw that in, didn't she? You know what? She, she ought to have been paying attention. God said, don't eat of it. If you do, you're surely going to die. And what happens, they did. The Bible says in Isaiah 59, verse 2, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Adam and Eve did not realize the big thing that happened that day. Where their sins separated them from a holy, righteous, perfect God. It wasn't like they just left, they lost a friend. They were separated from God. You see, it was God's custom every day in the afternoon, the cool of the day, to come to fellowship and have communion with Adam and Eve. How long this was happening, I'm not sure. But I do definitely know that that's what was happening. Verse number 8 said, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And, and, and this is what God had been doing, coming to Adam and Eve and, and talking with them and fellowshipping with them. I, I would imagine it was a very special time, don't you think? Is there fellowshipping with the Lord God? Up until this time, they had never sinned. They didn't, they didn't meet God feeling guilty about something. Why, they had not sinned. All that time of that wonderful, sweet fellowship, and now that fellowship's been broken. Man's sin. I began to think, you know, God had every right in the world to stay away from Adam and Eve because God was holy. You know, I thought when, when man sinned, God could have said, I can't come to you. But because of that wonderful grace of God, he came to those sinners. I am so thankful that the grace of God that he came to me and he came to you and wanted to save you. That's grace. God's still doing that today. He's still doing that today. You know, I believe when sinners are stirred in their heart, I believe what it is when, when, when you witness to someone and show them how that we're all sinners. And by the way, when you're witnessing to folks, you've got to let them know they're a sinner. You know, most people think they're good enough to go to heaven, but the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we think, well, we got pretty close. No, you came short. And so when I think about how that God uses the preaching of the word of God, God uses the witness of God's people to tell others and shows them that they're lost. Most people think they're good enough to go to heaven. But they've got to be convinced of their sin. They've got to be convinced that, they, that, that, that they, they need a Savior because of their sin. The Lord had come to Adam and Eve every day in the cool of the day seeking fellowship with them. And Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Just as God came to the Garden of Eden, to fellowship with Adam and Eve after they sinned, God sent his son Jesus to come to this earth to regain that fellowship with you and I. 
that have fallen in sin. Wonderful grace of Jesus. It's grace and grace alone that allows a holy God to come to us. I love the way it tells the story here that God came in verse number 9, and the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And when I think about God coming there to Adam and Eve, I, I, don't, really, I don't believe that God came there to, to see them in misery. I think God knew they were miserable. Don't you think they were when they said, we've got to do something? And they were embarrassed. They were miserable. I'm sure as they're putting this, this outfit together of fig leaves, they're probably thinking, you think it's going to be okay? I'm sure they were miserable. I don't think they were having a good time making this outfit. They were miser- misery. But God all of a sudden came and, you know, I'm thinking about every other day. Not about every other day. I'm sure every other day. When God came and said, Adam, I think Adam was right. They were looking forward. I don't think they had watches back then. I know they didn't. I don't know, maybe Timex. But they, they didn't have any watches back then. But I believe they looked, maybe maybe, maybe look up at the sky and said, you know what, I believe, I believe Adam says to Eve, honey, I think it's about time for the Lord to come. I think God's going to be here any minute now. All of a sudden, Adam, there he is. There he is. They look forward to it. This day, though, they're not looking forward to it. They're saying they got their outfits on, saying, you think it's all right? I don't know. Oh, what are we going to say? He's going to notice. Why, he's not going to notice. He already did notice. He knew everything that happened. God called out to Adam in an effort to reach him. But God awakens man by having man realize he's a sinner. The Bible said, you know, the fact of the matter is that we're dead in our, in our sin. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 1, and, ye, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. God was coming. Now think about this. God was coming to Adam and Eve who were now sinners. These, these two now had the, had, the, had the curse of death upon them. God told them, if you eat of this, you're going to die. And they sin. Now the curse of death is upon them. But the Lord came to them, calling for them, so that they might, if you will, be saved. I'm glad one day God called me and called you. If you're here this morning, you're not saved, God is calling you today. God's calling you by the word of God, by a preacher's voice and a preacher of the gospel, and how you can trust Christ as your Savior telling you that you're a sinner. You say, I don't want that. I I want someone to tell me how wonderful I am. But the Bible tells us that Adam and Eve, they didn't come and say, look at how wonderful we are. They were ashamed of their sin. I believe God's calling sinners today to be saved. And I have to say this, I'm glad that he is. I'm glad that he is. God was calling Adam and Eve, and I believe God's calling sinners today into a Love relationship with himself. You know, I like the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. I like that song, don't you? But you know what? He wants to be more than your friend. You know, I, I can, I, I, you know you're, you're all my friend, but you know, there's something about a man named Ed Bider. You say, what's so important about him? That's my dad. That's really special. 
Our Lord wants to be more than our friend. He wants to be your father. That's what it's about. And I think about how that, how that he wants to be your father. He wants us to become his children. That is that love relationship there. God created Adam and Eve, and then what happens, they sin, and God could have said, well, just forget about it. But God said, I'm coming to you. I want that relationship with you. Ladies and gentlemen, this morning, God wants a relationship with you too. You'll never have that until you become his child. Be born again. But God confronted them. Look at what he said in verse number 11. And he said, who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Now you say, well, didn't, you know, God must have not known what went on. God knew exactly what went on. You say, well, why was God asking them? Why was God uh, 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 confronting them here and, and asking them about this? Because I believe that he was challenging them because of their sin. He was challenging them to confess their sin. Ladies and gentlemen, there's something about confession. I'm not talking about the Catholic Church confession. There's something about a confessing our sin unto the Lord. For a person to be saved, they've got to confess, I am a sinner. And he comes to Adam and Eve here and looking, I don't believe he was fishing for information. I don't believe the Lord came and said, what in the world happened here? But he does come and he asks some questions. Why? Because God didn't know. Why? God knows everything. God was looking for a confession. He was giving them an opportunity to say, I have sinned. I'm glad God gives us that opportunity. But Adam, instead of a confession, he gave an accusation. Look what he said, verse 12. And the man said, that's Adam, the woman, Eve, whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me the tree. She gave me of the tree, and I did eat. You see what he did? He said, I'm saying, God, that's, that's right, I, I, I've sinned. He said, that woman you gave me. <laughs> Sounds like a typical man, huh? Some of you ladies wonder, where do we get it from Adam? <laughs> but you see what he did? He gave an excuse why he ate of that. Adam gave an accusation, said, her fault, her fault. I think, you know, uh, uh, God, and here's the thing, did God know what they did? But you see, this is how silly man is. We think we can pull one over on the Lord. <laughs> well, I'll just tell him, hey, everything's all right, Lord. I'm okay. And the Lord says, I know you. I know you better than you know yourself. God's looking for the right answer so that the fellowship can be renewed. Something broke that fellowship. It was a sin of Adam and Eve. And now God's looking for that confession. God does something for all of us that have been saved. You say, what is it? He revealed our sinfulness. You know, when I got saved, I realized I deserve to go to hell. You know why? I'm a sinner. And so are you. If we got what we deserved, we would have to be burning in hell right now. 
So, well, I'm pretty good. No. I mean, think about it. Adam and Eve, they didn't go out and get drunk. They didn't go out and take dope. They ate of that fruit that God said, don't do it. They sinned. You may have excuse for your life. Let me tell you something. That little sin, that little thing that you say was a little sin, that lie that you told as a little child, you broke God's law. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But it's pure grace that shows the sinner the error of their lifestyle. You say, why would God point out and why would God put uh, Adam and Eve in that position where he asked them, what have you done? Why did God do it? Here it is. Are you ready? Because of his grace. You say, that was putting them in a bad spot. That was making them embarrassed. God was showing them his grace. For the way of salvation was for them to come to the confession. For them to say, are you listening? For them to say, I have sinned. I have broken your law. You see, without God's revelation, we would continue into hell. The Bible says in Proverbs 16, 25, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Man has the idea that I'm all right. Man has the idea, I don't need God. I don't need church. I don't need the Bible. I'm all right. And God said that there's a way that seemeth right unto a man. Man says, I think I'm all right. But God says, I saw what you did. Adam and Eve, I saw what you did. I know the sin. And God knows our sin too. Let me tell you something. Sometimes we may have things hidden, but God knows everything that goes on in our lives. God didn't let Adam and Eve go, and I'm glad he doesn't let us go too. You know, God could have said about Adam and Eve, well, you know, I told them, but they didn't listen. I might as well forget about them. And Adam and Eve could have been standing there in their new garments, just waiting to die, and would have went off to hell, if not for the grace of God. They came there that day, even though they had sinned, and said, Adam, Adam, he came seeking them. I'm glad God sought me. That's his grace. That's his grace. God didn't let him go. But let me just say something else, though, too, that God did chasten them. You say, but I thought you were talking about his grace. Do you know, really, the chastening was God's grace. It was God's grace. Look at verse 12. I'll read on down good ways here. And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. You see, they're just passing, the, uh, passing it on. Did God see exactly what happened? Yeah, he did. Look at verse 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and about, above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I'll put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman, here go. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow. And thy conception in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. And thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. 
But listen, Adam wasn't left out. And Adam, he said, because thou hast hearkened in the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground. For thy sake and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. You know, God had a right to, to just kill them when they sinned, didn't he? God said, you eat this, you're going to die. God had every right in the world to kill them. But God showed them grace even by the chastisement. You think Adam and Eve understood next time they were tempted to sin? Whoa, there's a penalty for sin. You know, sometimes we look at the chastisement as not part of the grace, but I believe it is the grace of God. That God chastens us to get us to straighten up and not do it again. Because sin never helps us. It only harms us. The Bible says in Genesis 2, in chapter 2, verse 17, he said, uh, uh, he said, thou shalt surely die. But God, God could, have, could have just killed him right then and there. But God's chastening and restraining hands reminder to us there's a price for sin. Let me tell you something today. Even though we're saved, there's a price for sin. There's a price for sin. Ladies and gentlemen, understand something. You, could, you say, I'm saved, I'm all right. But there's a price for sin. Adam and Eve understood that. I'm sure it really played over in their minds over and over again. But he chastens us to call our attention away from the pleasures of sin, which the Bible says there is. To help us understand how brutal and ugly and defiling sin is. We live in a world that's full of sin today, don't we? It's brutal. But he chastens us to call our attention away from the pleasures of sin unto what is right? Nobody likes chastisement. But really, when it comes down to it, it's a product of God's grace. But they didn't stop there. Go to verse number 21. Are you with me this morning? Unto Adam also, to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. You see, it tells me that God was not pleased with what they, they did. They tried to cover themselves, but that wouldn't work. And God made them coats of skin. Their sin was real and became real. Because now all of a sudden something happened. I don't know if you ever thought about this before. But Adam and Eve had never seen or even knew of anything that died. To this point, they were still alive. And all the animals were still alive. Nothing had died. I'm sure the animals meant a lot to Adam and Eve, don't you think? Well, he got to name them all. What a job. They got these big names of animals today. I, I just don't really, for the life of me, think that Adam and Eve named them those big names, scientific names. But they named all these animals. I mean, here, here was all this a creation there. They had never seen anything dead. And all of a sudden, God says, hey, come here. Adam and Eve got something for you. I got some new clothes. Adam and Eve looking at it and thinking, oh God, that's, 
That's the height of some, some animals. God said, I know. How'd you do that? God said, I had to kill those animals. What did they do wrong, God? They did nothing wrong. They were innocent, but died for you. Ladies and gentlemen, somebody innocent died for us on the cross of Calvary. They didn't understand what all was going on, but God knew what was going on. And God took those animals that had never sinned and killed them and made them coats of skin. You say, preacher, what was that? Here it is again. The grace of God. God's grace. God could have said, I'm not going to kill one of these animals that I have created. God said, I will kill one of those animals. Because those animals, he did not breathe into them a living soul. But that man and woman had a living soul. They had a relationship the animals did not have. But man had sinned, and God said, I've got to have something here that has never sinned, and that animal was it. And he killed those animals, made them coats of skin, and covered up their nakedness or their sin. The innocent atoned for the sins of the guilty. And the salvation is for us is the same way. The innocent was slain upon the cross of Calvary for our sins. You know, salvation is free, but it's not cheap. Salvation is free, but it's not cheap. When I think of the cross of Calvary, what is it? It's the result of sinners needing to be saved. You know why Jesus went to the cross of Calvary? Because he wanted you to have fellowship with him. I go to prepare a place for you, the Lord said in John 14. Because he wants us to be with him someday. But even now, by way of the Holy Spirit lives within us, that he's there all the time. Listen now. He never leaves us or forsakes us. He's always there. But our Savior was the innocent one who died and clothed, clothed us, not with animal skin, but with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We've been clothed. You know what the cross of Calvary was? Pure grace in action. You see, the fact of the matter is, grace is the only hope for sinners. It was the only hope for Adam and Eve. The only way they could have that fellowship restored with God was to have that sacrifice that God made for them. Salvation only comes by grace. People oftentimes tell me, well, I'm doing my best to go to heaven, but salvation is by grace. Adam and Eve tried to do their best, and all they had was fig leaves. And God said, that won't work. And all your righteousness that you can have. You may have grown up in a good home. You may have done a lot of great things in your life. But that will not save you. You'll still go to a devil's hell. Without salvation. I think a lot of people say. Well I need to straighten up things in my life first. Usually end up going to hell. Because it doesn't cover. 
I like one of the invitational songs says, just as I am without one plea. I just got to come to you, Lord, I'm a sinner, I need you. And the Lord says, I came here to save you. And I give you my grace so that you can be with me someday. In our hymnals, turn to page number three. song amazing grace i want you to think about what god has done for you as we sing it now let's sing it out in the first verse ready amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me i once was lost but now I am found, was blind, but now I see. On the second, t'was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious dear that grace appear the hour I first believed. Oh, it's all good singing on third. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already. His grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. Because of God's grace, we can sing that last verse now. When we think about it, there ten thousand years bright shine. Mean as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. God's wonderful grace. Have you accepted Him as your Savior? He comes to you today. And wants to, he calls your name like he did Adam and says, where art thou? If you'll say, Lord, here I am. He points out your sin. Ask him to forgive you. And he'll cleanse you. Not with animal skins, but with the blood of Jesus Christ. God's grace. Father, thank you for this time. This morning, thank you for the dear people here this morning. And Lord, I, I, I pray that we might have understand this clearly clearly enough that we might share with others but that we might also be thankful for the wonderful grace of Jesus we don't deserve it we deserve we just deserve to be to die I think Adam and Eve they they deserve for God for you just to forget about them they they blatantly disobeyed you but you loved them and you showed them grace 
Thank you for your grace today. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed, maybe you're here this morning, you're not sure of salvation. Oh, the grace of God is there. You say, well, I, I think I'm doing pretty good. I, I'm, I've done really well. No, you, you, you've done enough to sin. And God said, something's got to be done. You've got to trust the sacrifice. God gave himself for you by way of Jesus Christ because he loves you. Christian, this morning you ought to be overwhelmed with how much God loves you and what he did for you. Maybe you're here this morning, you're not sure of salvation. I want there to be anyone today who'd say, Preacher, if I died, I don't know I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know that. I'd like to sell that once and for all. Preacher, pray for me. Would you slip your hand up, anyone this morning? Preacher, I'm just, I, I'm struggling with it. I just don't know. If, you, if you're careful to listen, God's calling your name right now, if that's you. God calls. You know, wouldn't it have been a tragedy if Adam and Eve had not spoke up? And not gone to the Lord. Oh, they were embarrassed. But God's grace, they found. This morning, you can find God's grace. Christian, this morning, God saved you. Understand all that he does. And sometimes he allows some chastening to come in our lives. Because of his love, his grace is there. As the apostle said, his, his grace is sufficient thee. Father, bless the invitation time now. I pray that we will respond as we should. Thank you for that wonderful grace of God. And Lord, if there's somebody here not saved, I pray you save them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.